Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church. My name is Yu Young Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather in this space to worship and to praise our God together. We remind you of the physical hospitality pad at the end of your pews to let us know of who you are and how we can be in prayers for you, especially for those of you who are first-time visitors or relatively new. Uh, we're so glad that you chose to be with us today. For those of us online, a special welcome to you wherever you may be joining us. There's also a QR code at the back of your bulletin that you can use to let us know how we can be in touch with you. And there's a little virtual hospitality link that you can click on for those of us joining us online to let us know of how we can connect with you. Uh, I'm so grateful and thankful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Bill. What else is going on today? Folks, you want to come back to the church, to the Parish Life uh, parking lot, 4 o'clock today. We're going to have a topping out ceremony. That's where we can sign the beam if you've not already done so. Have a little ice cream and celebrate the topping out of our new building. So please join us, 4 o'clock, in the, in the parking lot, Parish Life. Also, I just want to give you a quick update. Uh, Dr. Howe is at home now and resting and recovering from his, sur from his surgery and all is going well. I want to give you that quick update. And now let us continue in a spirit of worship.
Our affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostle Creed. It's numbered 881 in the back of your hymnals. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascendeth into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It is a privilege to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Maggie and Will Jennings bring their daughter, Haddon Lucille. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sins? If so, say, we do. We do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. We do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself profess her faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life if so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those under the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the cloud a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Haddon Lucille Jennings, I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, so let your light shine before others, so that they may come to know God the Father in heaven. 
Child of God, as you grow in age, may you also grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice and welcome you to the family of God. I invite you to turn in your worship bulletins to the prayer confession, which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those we love most. Free us from our confusion. Heal us from our wounds resurrect us from our shame, raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we are close to you. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The New Testament reading is 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with the second verse. Like newborn babes, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation, for you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Come to him, to that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. And like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and he who believes in him will not be put to shame. To you, therefore, who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. and a stone that will make men stumble, a rock that will make them fall. For they stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were no people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. So we continue in our First Peter lessons. We keep in mind that First Peter is being written to a group of Christians who are in a variety of ways being persecuted. They're marginalized, have low social status, they're being provoked and it's been a very difficult go at it. So the writer reminds them uh, that you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Over and over again throughout First Peter, the readers are reminded, remember who you are and whose you are. Remember the stories of God's faithfulness in the past, how God is faithful with you now, and how God will continue to be faithful with you toward a particular kind of future. Remember, remember. And we're gonna focus on this theme of how do, we, how do we remember as followers of God? 
I've shared some stories about my kids. Uh, I'm going to share another one. You're going to hear a lot about my kids. They, they can't stop me right now, so I'm going to do it as often as I can. So I have a third grader and a first grader, and they're at an age now, as they continue to read the Bible and hear the stories of the Bible, they ask beautiful but impossible questions. Yeah. They ask questions about Adam and Eve and original sin, about death and resurrection. They ask questions about poverty and sickness. A couple of weeks ago, uh, driving, my daughter, first grader, asked Daddy, if God is everywhere and God lives in my heart, does that mean God is microscopic? And if so, how can he breathe in there? There's no oxygen. It's just blood in my heart. It's funny, but it's, it's, it's really hard to answer questions like that. Yes? Uh, whenever these questions arise, they usually first go to their mom. So they ask my wife these questions, and my wife inevitably say, go ask your dad. He's the pastor of the family. So they come to me. And I listen intently, and after a while, I tell them, go ask James. He's the senior pastor <laughs> of our family. It's one of many great privileges of serving at Myers Park. You say, go ask James how. Yeah, go ask James. I want to uh, give a special thanks to our children ministry, our staff, and our volunteers. I mean, it is through their collective witness and service that our young people grow to ask these questions that are beautiful and impossible and kind of uncomfortable to answer. And I'm so grateful that they are teaching our young people the stories of God, that they remember the faithfulness of God, and that they can keep these stories throughout their lives as they journey onward in their respective life together. In verse 2, we read, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Uh, this may sound similar to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, but it is different. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is really uh, providing a sharp criticism of the Christians in Corinth of how they are immature. And Paul is saying, you need to grow up onto solid food. But here, 1 Peter is really advising the Christians that Faith in and of itself is not a one-and-done endeavor. This whole milk imagery actually in this context invites the readers to consider faith as a lifelong journey, to continue to explore and ask questions, to continue to learn, to continue to worship that salvation is not one-and-done, but you live into the fullness of God's salvation all throughout your life. So don't be complacent, especially in hard times. Remember and reaffirm who God is and who you are in God. To be outbounded, to be confined, to live within the faithfulness of God. One of my favorite authors is Wendell Berry. He's still living. He, he's uh, in Kentucky. And Wendell Berry, I, I heard him at a conference many, many years ago, and, and he shared something that has stuck with me to this day. He said, the critics of Christianity make the same mistakes as Christians themselves. And that is, they both don't read the Bible. They both don't read the Bible. How can we remember that which we don't know in the first place? One of our uh, wonderful, faithful members of our church, and I've gotten the permission to tell this story, is Meg Seitz. She, uh, in the advent of 2021, we were in a Bible study and she shared, hey, uh, I just realized that Luke has 24 chapters. There are 24 days in December before Christmas, so I'm going to read a chapter of Luke each day during December of this Advent. And she did. And she said after she finished the Gospel of Luke, she decided, well, I'll come this far. I want to read the rest of the Gospel lesson, Matthew, Mark, and John. So she did. And she thought, well, I finished the Gospel. Maybe I can read the entire New Testament. And so she did. After the New Testament, she decided, well, I've come this far. Maybe I can read the entire Bible in a year before the beginning of next Advent season 2022. And so she did. She finished uh, right around 10-month mark. She finished in October of 2022. She read the entire Bible. So there are a couple of things that she shared with me in ways of reflecting on her journey. 
She said, I never really fully appreciated Jesus as much as I should. Like, I'm still amazed by how amazing Jesus was and is. I love the simplicity of that revelation. Jesus is amazing. He came to us to see us, to be with us, for us. She did share that uh, in the Old Testament, it was quite difficult. Once she passed Genesis on to Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, those books are rough. So just keep in mind, <laughs> when you get there, stay with it. She talked about how you can't skip a day when you're trying to read the entire Bible in a year. It's like learning a foreign language. If you get behind, you'll never catch up. You have to make this part of your day every day. And she did every day. It became part of her daily routine and discipline. She talked about how in so many ways, having gone through this journey, she had a, a, a fuller appreciation of the writers who were divinely inspired. And that she formed these relationships with the writers in the Bible. And that relationship didn't make the Bible any less holy, but instead it made the Bible all the more wonderful and holy and sacred. And she talked about as she neared the, the end of reading the Bible, and keep in mind she read the New Testament first, so as she was ending the Old Testament, which would have meant that she read the entire Bible, there are 66 books in our Bible. Can you guess what the last book in Old Testament is? It's Malachi, and she talked about how it was so difficult to read Malachi. You know why? This is so beautiful. She said, I didn't want to say goodbye. I've been journeying with the very people in the Bible for uh, almost a year, and I, I just could not say goodbye. And she wept through reading Malachi, and it's not particularly my favorite book at all. We read in our scripture, build a spiritual house, we are commanded. Faith is not a one-time thing, but it is an ongoing journey, a lifelong journey. Verse 10, we read, once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have Mercy. One last thing about Meg and her biblical journey of reading the Bible. She said that reading the Bible made me realize just how expansive God's story is. And that not only that, reading the Bible made me realize that God is inviting me into this expansive, perennial, eternal stories of God. Just hear that. We are invited to be part of God's perennial, eternal salvific story. You know, every time I talk about social media, I feel outdated, uh, but here I go. There are parts of social media that I really appreciate. As many of you know, uh, a lot of my families live halfway across the world on a different side of the globe, and social media is a wonderful way to share our stories and pictures instantaneously. They get to keep in touch with what we're doing as a family here in Charlotte all the way in Seoul, South Korea. That's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful gift. But a lot of the unintended consequences, perhaps, perhaps intended after all, there's a dark, many dark side of how we use social media. One of the things that's so prevalent now than ever before is the very, and this affects Christians and non-Christians, even affects all of us, is the temptation for envy. With social media, we can take our story and compare and compete with everybody else's story immediately and infinitely so. And it is literally eating us from the inside out. So much of our discontentment, angst, frustration, and anger, jealousy, and envy come from us comparing our respective stories, God-given stories, with other stories in a spirit of competition. But instead, when we read the Bible, we realize that God is actually inviting us to not take any of the other stories, but take God's stories and to make that unto our own, to take our stories and graft it into God's story. And in that, there is no jealousy or envy, but rather there is thanksgiving, renewing of life, reaffirmation of who we are and what we are in the light of God. It is life giving anew all the more. It is a new, fresh uh, air to breathe in the sea of competition and comparison. That is literally toxic. 
So what a wonderful gift. God invites us to make God's story our own. I'm going to go way back here with John Gilgood. John Gilgood, anybody who knows that? He was a prolific British actor from the mid-1900s. He writes this in his autobiography. He was a fa fabulous actor, but he himself was in competition with Lawrence of Olivier. I see some nodding heads. Go look these people up. They're great. All right. And this is what he writes in his autobiography. When Sir Lawrence Olivier played Hamlet in 1948 and the critics raved, I wept because he could not stand the attention and the credit that Lawrence Olivier was getting. Instead of celebrating, he was saddened. So much of our lives, friends, I think God is inviting us, instead of envy, God calls us to a life of thanksgiving and celebration at all times. You know, I have family, mom, dad, cousins, friends. I have one brother. I want to celebrate your stories as much as I celebrate my brother's stories. I want to give thanks for your accomplishments and where you are in life. I'm so grateful that your stories have become my story and my story has become our story. And above all of that, there's God's story that connects all of our stories. It seems like so much of uh, what I'm speaking to today, one of Mark's of discipleship is so obvious. Read the Bible, the stories of God. We can't share that which we don't know. Like we kind of guess at it, but we're not really too sure. We can't share the good news unless it is alive in us. Read the Bible. These are life-giving stories. It'll breathe new life onto our lives. In parts of the sickness that exists within us, God will cleanse us of it and give us new breath, new stories that are life-affirming, life-renewing that we can share. Read the Bible. Uh, I recommend actually starting with the gospel lessons. I always do, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Doesn't matter. Uh, if you feel particularly brave, then I guess you can start with Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Leviticus. I would encourage you <laughs> not to do so. Uh, but what a wonderful gift. Stories of God. Our stories in God. A gift to all of us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Church family, would you join me in a time of prayer? O oh, glorious God, on this bright morning, we are gathered here because we need to hear the good news once again. We seek to know your word and to be transformed by it. Cleanse us by that word so that we may rejoice once more in our baptism and in all that it means. Remind us of the vows we took, of what we promised for ourselves and on behalf of our children. Call to mind the covenant that we have with you and with one another, an eternal covenant, sworn, strengthened, and sustained in love. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God of justice, our hearts are heavy this day, weighed down by the scourge of violence in our midst. How it must grieve you that your children wound and kill one another. Our many fears give way to anger. Anger becomes hatred. Irrational hatred erupts in violence. So much suffering that leads to even more suffering. And so we earnestly pray for your intervention. Forgive our sense of helplessness in the face of this great evil and instead strengthen our resolve to respond in love Transform our vow to resist evil in whatever form it may present itself 
into acts of love, compassion, and justice. Give us the will, the wisdom, and the courage to act. Use us to bring your grace and mercy into this broken and hurting world. Lord, in your mercy. We pray this morning for all whose lives are disrupted, even overtaken, by illness and fear and despair. Grant your peace to those who doubt or worry or who are anxious over many things. There are many who weigh in our own hearts, for whom we care and love. Hear our prayers now in the silence. We lift our prayers into the light of your everlasting love and compassion that we all may know your comfort. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have called us to be your people, a royal priesthood, those who have received great mercy and who have been called out of darkness into great light. We are living stones in the hands of the master builder. Make us truly a house of compassion and inclusion and hospitality and love, a house in which your name is forever glorified and your praises raised in joy. May the world look at us and see you. We lift this prayer in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as we prepare to bring to God his tithes and our offerings, I want to tell you thank you once again. It is your generosity that allows us as living stones to be built into God's house that brings his grace and peace and mercy to our community and to the world. So thank you.
generous God, it is with joy that we bring these gifts to you. Receive them, bless them, multiply them. Use them to build a house where all are welcome, where all may worship you, and all give their praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. we give thanks for God's story, our story. May we go out into the world and share this story. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.